at special times, believers in the Old and New Testaments believe that they ought to make covenants together, vowing that they would obey King Jesus. Following in their footsteps, in 1638, Scottish Christians signed the National Covenant which rejected the enforcement of prelacy on the Presbyterian Church. When threatened to have these rights taken away, the Scottish Covenanters in 1639 united under the blue banner which read, For Christ's Crown and Covenant. As direct theological descendants of the Scottish Covenanters, the RPCNA still honors the blue banner for what it stands for, that Jesus is the only head and king of his church. The Blue Banter Podcast's goal is to go about informing the reforming by introducing you to our pastors and under-shepherds of Christ's church. By listening to this podcast, you will have greater clarity on the blessings and challenges faced by each of our congregations. We pray that the Lord blesses you through this podcast for Christ's crown and his covenant. I want to welcome everybody to uh, this, what's going to be the introductory episode uh, to the Blue Banter podcast. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Joe Smith. I'm the pastor of Westminster Reformed Presbyterian Church in Westminster, Colorado. My name is Aaron Murray. I'm the uh, pastor of Marion Reformed Presbyterian Church in uh, North Central Indiana. And yeah, Joe, as you were saying, this is kind of our pilot episode. Do you know why they call it a pilot episode? have no clue. Because it's the first episode to air. Now, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a joke or not, but it sounds plausible enough to where I'm telling people that's uh, that's why they call it the pilot episode. That's but, why we uh, call this one this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so since it is the pilot episode and people are just tuning in, um, but it'd be good for us to kind of talk about what people can expect from this podcast, kind of what our hopes and dreams are for this podcast, what's our goal, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I, I hope our goal is just, uh, just one of service. Uh, that's kind of think kind of what you and I were tossing around when we were tossing around this idea, how could we um, not only be churchmen as far as serving the broader church, at the Presbyterian and Synod level, but how could we also uh, seek to, to serve those um, beyond our congregations? And so uh, kind of came up together with this idea of this podcast, all credit for the name, uh, goes to goes to you and uh, kind of our goal with the podcast at least starting off we'll see what it could um, develop into down the road but especially starting off with these initial interviews uh, the goal really um, concisely is uh, twofold it's to introduce the members of the RPCNA to the pastors of the RPCNA and then also through these interviews and the kinds of questions uh, we'll be asking guys, uh, our hope, dreams, goals are to uh, serve um, men who may be thinking about the pastorate, uh, to serve men who are currently in seminary, and even to serve initially uh, younger pastors like ourselves um, by interviewing, uh, asking um, guys with more experience. Uh, main things about the pastorate, things related to preaching, uh, to shepherding, to the blessings and challenges of the ministry in different places of ministry. So uh, that's that's kind of our goal uh, with this podcast. Aaron, is there anything you'd like to add to that? Anything I left out? Um, no, I think uh, when we were talking about this, um, the interviews that we've done thus far, all we've asked the same question regarding like preaching and that kind of stuff. And 
it could tend to uh, get repetitive, but I don't think it is. Everyone who's answered the question has kind of answered it differently. So it's kind of, it's good for us to kind of hear that because we, we learn from others, but also for just our regular, you know, person in the pew, kind of see how the sausage is made and um, that kind of thing. So it, it could be a fun experience. So that's our, our goals, our hopes and our dreams to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And, you know, everything else that you said, but uh you and I both um, were fairly new to the RPCNA, at least relative to our, you know, the average blue bloods. So neither one of us have popular last names, like our last name is not Blackwood or McCracken or anything like that. So I thought it would be good for us to kind of introduce ourselves um, to the denomination more broadly. I think, you know, in our own presbyteries, people are starting to know us a little bit more, but just broadly in the denomination, um, it might be helpful. So Joe, I think, the, the first question I have for you um, is, how did the Lord lead you to himself? Yeah, so in a, in a super nutshell, essentially, I was uh, born into a nominal Roman Catholic family on one side. My biological mom and dad uh, were never married. Uh, dad's side was just essentially uh, non-religious um, in any sense of that term uh, that it would be normally used. And so kind of born into a nominal Roman Catholic family, uh, went up through the uh, kind of confirmation process in the, in the Roman Catholic Church, and then kind of fell away from any, any type of religious affiliation into my uh, teenage years, uh, high school years. Got married uh, to my wonderful wife, Allie, in 2009. And essentially, fast forwarding even further, uh, during that time of this kind of all me having nothing to do with religion, uh, the Lord was pleased to convert an aunt of mine on my dad's side. And, and she ended up marrying uh, a godly a Christian man, uh, very uh, zealous uh, to share the gospel. And so some point around two, 2015-ish, early 2015, um, we had, we had had our second child. Uh, my wife was starting to wonder what were we going to teach our children as far as what we believed. Um, and, and I started becoming consumed with, uh, the apologetic, uh, question, you know, does God even exist? Uh, or some of these things, at least I heard of in my childhood, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and so on. Well, uh, were these things actually true? So that's kind of uh, looking back now how the Lord started tilling my heart and preparing me for grace. And then uh, in the fall of 2015, uh, I'd reached out to my aunt. Uh, her and my uncle-in-law invited Allie and I over uh, to dinner at their house, uh, opened the scriptures with me, um, and, and my wife shared the gospel with us, prayed with us, a multi-hour uh, conversation that night. Uh, they told me to go home, uh, read the Gospel of John, the Book of Romans. Did so, and like I always tell people, um, reading through John, I don't remember reading uh, John chapter 10, uh, my sheep will hear my voice, but I remember hearing his voice in John eight fifty eight. before Abraham was, I am, and John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life, and I just remembering that uh, a mere man doesn't talk like that. And so sometime in the fall of 2015, I couldn't pinpoint the date, but I remember the night like it was yesterday, um, laid down that night. And I just remember praying, uh, uh, Lord, you know, if you're there, 
Uh, I want this new heart that, that I've read about and that I've been told about. Kind of as I tell people, uh, all I know is that an old man uh, laid down for bed that night and a new one woke up in the morning. It was, it was amazing the, the change literally overnight. Uh, I worked in a very kind of vulgar uh, work environment, uh, people cussing like sailors all the time immediately. Uh, cuss words started stinging my ears. Um, didn't didn't want anything to do with the topics and the conversations that these men uh, spoke of. It was like the Lord had changed my uh, spiritual taste buds overnight. And uh, so that's that's how the Lord uh, drew me uh, to Himself. We we had recently within that time as well started attending. Uh, what was basically kind of like a John Piper-ish, uh, non-denominational, but Calvinistic-leaning um, uh, church, and so uh, was getting some faithful preaching there, and was baptized in that uh, local church in May of 2016. Uh, so I'll, I'll leave that at that. That's how uh, the Lord drew me uh, to himself. Uh, how about you? How, how did the Lord, uh, draw you to himself? And when, when, when did that happen? Yeah, well, uh, totally different than, uh, than your testimony. Um, you know, you grew up in a non-Christian home or I, I grew up in a very Christian home. Um, my dad was a pastor. We were, uh, kind of Noblesville, Indiana, part of a small church there, kind of a independent fundamental Baptist church. Um, you know, and people there really loved the Lord and I learned a lot from them and I tell people that the only way I passed my Bible knowledge exam, uh, my presbytery exam, was because of those people. So I'm very, very thankful for them. <laughs> so anyways, just my, my view of Christianity that was skewed, though, despite, you know, people teaching me the truths of Scripture, it was very legalistic and moralistic. My view of Christianity um, was not, you know, saved by grace, but it was more of do good to be good kind of a thing. Um so I tried to do as much as I could serve the church as much as you can, you know, as a kid and a teenager. Um, but when I was uh, 17, 18, thereabouts, um, someone very close to me um, committed a very um, serious sin. And it kind of rocked my whole worldview, my whole view of Christianity, um, my view of the Bible, my view of uh, this particular person. And I got angry and upset. And so in my thinking, I was like, well, I'm going to go through the scriptures and I'm going to point out every time that... Uh, I observe them being a hypocrite. You know, you say this, but this is actually what happened. This is what you did, blah, 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 blah. But as I was, you know, reading the word of God, <laughs> the Lord kind of turned the tables on me. So instead of seeing the hypocrisy of others, um, the Lord started to reveal the hypocrisy in my own heart. And, you know, so for all I've sinned and fall short of the glory of God, you know, I have sinned. No one is good. No, not, no one, not one. No one is righteous. No one seeks for God. I wasn't seeking for God. I wasn't good. I wasn't righteous. Uh, all of these, you know, from Romans three, Romans six, of course. And so that's kind of what the Lord used to really like, I don't know, give me a sanctified slap across the face. <laughs> so whether, whether I was, you know, regenerate at that time or not, um, that's for the Lord to know, not me. Um, but I know that's kind of when I really started to understand Christianity really and truly for the first time. Um, so that's, that's the nuts and bolts. That's a short of it. That's how the Lord um, brought me to himself. And so we've kind of heard how, you know, Jesus has brought you and me, he's grafted us into the tree of Christianity. But how exactly did you end up in the branch of the RPCNA? You stole my transition. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, like I said, came, came into that non-denominational church officially uh, through baptism, May of 2016, and again, the the kind of short 
uh, some of things. There was an associate pastor there who's actually a, a PCA uh, minister now, and and he was he was kind of the main uh, he and the senior pastor, but he himself especially was kind of the main reformed influence on this congregation, and he essentially wanted to start a podcast just to serve that local church, and and he wanted um, essentially a, a male and female member. Uh, to join him on that podcast to get a viewpoint from a uh, member, uh, both a guy and and a lady, and him and I had hit it off on apologetics. He was he was big into apologetics as well, and so he asked me to be uh, the guy on the podcast with him. Uh, we recorded a few episodes, in, in, or maybe it was one introductory one, but then we were going to start a series on the five solas. And in order to aid myself and the lady get ready for that series, he sent us. R.C. Sproul's What is Reformed Theology, a 12-part series. And so this brings us up to like December 2016. And I had saved up some vacation time and was going to take the last two weeks of 2016 off. And so I would go out in my garage every day and get on the treadmill and I would listen to Sproul. And, and like I tell people, it was just like getting hit by a theological uh, dump truck, uh, being confronted, especially with the sovereignty of God, over everything, and then especially in uh, in salvation, you know, it's kind of funny with Calvinists, right? Like we're we're so excited to tell people how dead we were in our sins mm-hmm. and how how depraved um, our hearts are and and whatnot. But it was just like it was as it was nearly as strong of an experience as conversion itself was. And so I quickly came across also uh, men like Greg Bonson because, like I said, I was big into Reformed theology. And essentially the question then that started to, and I felt like at that point in time, I wasn't hearing a whole lot that would make us move churches. You know, this church was seemed to be becoming more reformed um, as it went. But then uh, when when I started finding out that that all these reformed guys I was getting introduced to were, were baptizing babies, and this wasn't just merely some holdover uh, from the Roman Catholic Church, but there that there were scriptural reasons, um, very strong ones for doing so. Uh, and I found out that, that, you know, our children weren't going to be baptized at this church we were at that, that caused, um, you know, the Google search, what people usually do these days when they're wanting to figure something out. And so essentially Googled, I don't even remember what it was, but reformed churches nearby. And for whatever reason, the Lord's providence, no PCA, no OPC churches, though there were some in the area popped up. It was just uh, Southside RP and, and second RP and considering we were Southsiders, uh, that, that was one option for us. And so, uh, we went, um, and I just, I still always remember, uh, our, our first service there. It was, um, there was an infant baptism that day. We had no idea what exclusive psalmody was. Uh, we had went from a rock band and, and songs you hear on the radio, uh, Stan McKenzie, who was the associate pastor at the time, preached like a, a 50 minute sermon on like the first two verses of Galatians. And so it was like a lot, but it was, uh, we were like soaking it up and drinking it in. And, uh, you know, that's, we, we didn't leave. We, we fell in love with it. The, the, the body at Southside RP, uh, as you know, is, is a wonderful group of people. And so they were just loving us immediately. And again, just kind of that, even though, the, the indie churches are big uh, by RP standards. Uh, they're small by evangelical mm-hmm. standards. And so 
uh, for us, that felt like a small church and just that small church feel of, of being welcomed in and immediately uh, all the hospitality and all that just really won us over as well. So that's uh, that's how we came in and officially became members of Southside Reformed Presbyterian Church in May of 2017. So how about yourself? How did, how did you guys come in? Yeah, well, um, after I, uh, you know, the Lord really made the scriptures clear and, and Christianity clear to me, um, we were, we stopped going to the church that we were um, at when I, that I grew up in at least. And we started going to a, um, a big mega church in Indianapolis, um, College Park, which, you know, similar to kind of like what you were saying, um, very Calvinistic leaning, John MacArthur, John Piper-esque, um, really good people there, people who just, you know, love Jesus. Um while I was there, I just grew dissatisfied. It was the, the transition from one church to another was really hard for me. And I kind of rebelled against it, actually. <laughs> but when I was uh, 19, I just decided I'm going to try and find another church to go to. So my thinking was I was going to try out these different Baptist churches in the area and you know stay there for a month and then try another one. Um, but I had you know, some tangential relationships with people who were in the RPCNA. Um, like when I was in junior high, I played basketball with some RPers. Um, I worked with some RPers, that kind of thing. So I was close to them. Um, and one of my friends, my buddies found out, you know, I was looking for a different church. Like, hey, you should try coming to second RP. And I was like, ah, I don't really want to do that. Like, unlike you, I knew that they sang songs. I was like, it's kind of yeah. weird. I was like, okay. Um, you know, this, this particular person, I, I love him to death. He's kind of like, hound of evangelism right he's a really intense fella um and he just wouldn't like back off it's like okay fine just to kind of <laughs> satiate him you know um so i went to to rp i think in the summer of 2012 and like i said i was going to commit to going to someplace for a month and you know while i was there it's really the first time that you know i was pastored um the first time that a pastor who you know i wasn't related to showed interest in me um cared about my soul cared about shepherding um, that kind of thing. And um, there were a bunch of guys there who were um, of similar life age and um, experience, that kind of thing. And so just really clicked with the people. Um, so I decided to stay. So I kind of fell in love with the people first and then kind of came to the doctrinal convictions um, through that whole process. But that's how the Lord brought me to himself or brought me to the church, rather, to the RPCNA is just by a friend inviting me there, um, which is a good reminder. You know, the Lord does uh, call, mm-hmm. us, call people to church, you know? Um, so that's how the Lord brought me to the RPCNA there in uh, second RP, you know, and second RP has uh, historically, at least I'm not sure if they're still doing it. They've kind of been like a satellite branch of RPTS. Um, and so they've offered various classes and I started taking those classes because I was interested in seminary, kind of very similar to you. And that's kind of how we met. So we met doing, um, it was a preaching class taught by Denny Pruto, who used to teach at the seminary, but had since retired and moved to Indianapolis to be closer to family. So you and I met there and that was kind of a, an interesting experience. Um, Denny and I are, are very close. Um, he's a great mentor of mine. I think this is the first time that maybe you met him, but... <laughs> I don't know if you remember, he would say stuff and I was like, well, I'm close enough to this guy. I could push back on him and I have no idea what you're saying or I don't agree or whatever. Um, and then he was very patient with me. And I think you were pretty patient with me too. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that was funny. I remember I would sit right in front of you in class and, and Denny would say something and you would, uh, you know, kind of jab back or, mm-hmm. or, 
or challenge something he said or whatever. And I'm just sitting there not wanting to turn around and look at you like, who does this guy think he is? Like, no respect for this. And it wasn't that you were being disrespectful, but just in my mind, like, you know, not knowing a little bit from my pastor, David Hansen, like who Denny was, uh, that he had been uh, in the military, that you know, he had, he had really done a lot for RPTS and, and was just a, a wonderful man. Like in my mind, I was just thinking, <laughs> who are you to speak to this well, man? And, and, and you're correct in thinking of that, but Denny and I, you know, we would get coffee every week. Um, so I did not have the classroom manners that perhaps I should have had, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we, we had that and then, and then, um, by God's grace, the timing as far as both of us going out to RPTS ended up lining up. You and I had at that point, I think, done a whole year or close to a year online. Um, and I remember we were driving uh, together down to or over to Pittsburgh for a summer class, uh, like a one week intensive. And we had to get there around like two or three in the afternoon, something like that. So we had to leave really, really early in Indianapolis. And thinking ah, i don't really want to ride with someone i don't want to be like tied down this person's probably going to be late yada 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 um but we met at the south side parking lot at 4 a.m and we both pulled in at the exact same time i think he beat me by a split second but i was like okay i think this joe smith fella i think he's going to be okay <laughs> yeah yeah well no we had and then we had similar ride philosophies we both yep. we both drink a lot of water so have to make a lot of stops along the way that's another nerve-wracking thing along uh you know drives if you're someone that that uh needs to needs to make a lot of stops drink a lot yeah. of liquids and and so yeah we 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 had similar philosophies over uh timeliness and yeah. and uh philosophies of stops along travels and... let me, so let, let me ask you this maybe this is a little too much all right how do you do it the whole bit? you know if you're having to make all these kinds of stops like do you do okay <laughs> i do i i'm very intentional about gauging my water intake uh -huh. <laughs> lord's day mornings well, that's that, that's good fair enough so i do i do plan around it how about yourself <laughs> yeah i plan around it but i uh i get uh a dry mouth really easily. So I'm drinking a lot of water. So if it's a longer sermon, um, you know, praise God that uh, he's faithful. <laughs> so right. um, we, both ended, <laughs> we both ended up moving out to uh, RPTS pretty much at the same time. I think we got there a couple of days before you um, were able to help you guys move in um, there at the seminary housing. But overall, what was your uh, experience there at RPTS? Yeah. So um, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, I think as, as we'll mention in, in the episode is we're recording this one later than the episode we recorded already with Dr. York, but it will come out, uh, beforehand. Um, I, I remember hearing at our orientation that George Scipione had called RPTS the, the hidden gem of the reformed world. And I have no clue why that stuck out in my head, to be honest with you. Um, but that, that, it did, and and I saw that just vindicated uh, in in so many ways. Um, I think you know objectively uh, from the professors, just the pure numbers of our class of guys. Uh, we did have a big class, and so it, you know relative to to our small uh, wonderful seminary, we had a good group of guys, a big group of guys. Um, Wait, real uh, quick, to, did you read? Did you read the RP witnesses? Uh article on our graduating class no 
it was uh it was entitled um go west young man because pretty much all of us ended up going west of <laughs> Pittsburgh. but so so what they did is they took every single one of us and there was maybe a paragraph or two dedicated to you know where the lord has placed each one of us but i i laughed because you and josh smith you got you you got you had to share a paragraph together that's hilarious <laughs> it's like ah, two of the brightest guys <laughs> well we're we're just to say we're we're forever linked mm-hmm. we're not only both jay smiths but then uh we both got called to westminster mm-hmm. rpcna he he in chicago and me in denver and yeah. so yeah. it caused all sorts of confusion <laughs> through the exam process the candidating process uh-huh. the call uh-huh. processes all of that stuff but um yeah Obviously, uh, we love Josh. He's he's one of our uh, closest friends there mm-hmm. at seminary. Um, but yeah, just back to just in general, uh, we lived uh, there right there on campus. Uh, we had the Blackwood family above us, the Kelbys, uh, the Smiths, the Sturms, the Monteiths, uh, all, all of these families. Uh, essentially, the Cruises were just down the road. Um, all of these families uh, just just right around us. And so the community there at RPTS was amazing. And then on top of that, I mean, I'm just convinced that the professors that RPTS has right now uh, could could go and essentially teach it anywhere. Um, they're 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 that good. Uh, Dr. York, you know, the seminary couldn't have a better man kind of heading that ship and and helping to to be the face of that show and and making the the calls there as the president you've got uh supplementary staff like ed blackwood and mark sampson and and these guys and then the professors uh between dr williams cj williams jeff stuyvesant uh dr gamble dr whitla uh dr well soon to be uh, dr evans their biblical counseling and then dr york handling the preaching it's just um it's amazing uh as far as the quality of the teaching um they they really serve the students they they don't have classes on monday because they want you out uh preaching places and so they give mondays off and, and it's just really really well, it's, oriented it's, it's the preaching but also it's so we don't feel the weight to study on the lord's day well you know, yeah which, which right. i really really appreciated yeah, amen to that. Yeah, it's just it's, it's so much in service of the students, you know, and their motto is is really studying under pastors. And I think, like I've said before, I think universally our class figured out that we were we were also being pastored while we were studying. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys uh, would take time with you and often a lot of time uh, would talk about you just about whatever you wanted to talk about. And so I couldn't have had a better experience at RPTS. Um I think a lot of that had to do with our class and just what the Lord's been doing there uh, through Dr. York and the professors they've brought on, let's say, over the last five or so years or whatever. I know some of these guys uh, go back a little further than that, but uh, nevertheless, I, I don't really think I could have had a better experience. How about yourself? Yeah. yeah. Well, real quick, what was, uh, what was one of your favorite classes there? <sighs> I biblical the counseling. Yeah, yeah, the biblical counseling classes, I think just because... I'll be honest, I had kind of a agnostic view toward biblical counseling. If I could go back in time, um, you and I, like you already mentioned, we took so many classes before we got there. And then uh, the way I took my classes the Midler year 
It was no biblical counseling classes. So I didn't take any biblical counseling until my senior year. And what I realized is had I taken stuff earlier, I probably would have went for the concentration in biblical counseling. Um, I just really loved those classes. Uh, so, so I would say, I would say those are probably my favorite classes. I, I still remember Jeff Stuyvesant's Westminster Confession class uh, is one that that stuck out in my head. I, I could say a lot about all the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the pros of, of things I liked about a lot of the classes, but probably probably intro to biblical counseling and then marriage and family were probably probably my two tops. Yeah, yeah, I loved the uh, pastoral theology classes. I think those were yeah. kind of my favorite. I mean, they weren't overly like heady, um, like some of the systematics classes might be. I just really, really appreciated them. And they kind of tied in the systematics, the church history, the biblical Mm -hmm. counseling, everything kind of all together. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it was kind of, in my mind, at least, those were the cornerstone type of classes for me. I I just, I wish I could take them again. You know, I feel like now that I've gone through seminary, I would benefit from going to seminary more now than I did before I went, you know. But yeah, unlike you, I didn't uh, didn't live on campus. as you like to remind me almost daily. <laughs> yeah, we were, uh, my wife and uh, we had two kids when we moved out. And then we, by the time we left seminary, we had three. Um, but we ended up living in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour northeast-ish of uh, Pittsburgh. And the reason we did that is because we were interning at a uh, um, church, Hope Community, a Reformed Presbyterian Church there on College Hill. Um, so I was interning with George Gregory. And we we wanted to be involved in the church. We wanted to be close to our local congregation. Um, it was really important for me that my wife and kids were involved um, with the congregation because we were there for two years. Um, if we'd only been there for six months, we maybe would have done things a little bit different. But uh, because we were there for so long, we really wanted to be invested uh, with those people. And, you know, it was I think it was the right move. Um, it was an exhausting time because, you know, the commute was an hour minimum, um, sometimes <laughs> four hours if you get stuck in traffic. Uh, but I, yeah, I loved the seminary and, and that drive actually was kind of helpful because I could, you know, decompress or I could listen to maybe books that we were required to read or listen to podcasts and the sermons, pray, reflect on the classes, that kind of thing. Um, and I, and I just loved it. The, you, you know, you've mentioned the the professors, you've mentioned some of the faculty and I was really um, appreciative of uh, Katie, the, uh, mm. you know, she was the receptionist that still is. And I just really appreciated being able to talk to her um, mm-hmm. and just kind of decompress from some of the headiness of the classes and um, just talk to her about life. She, she was great. So if you go to mm-hmm. RPTS, say hi to Katie. Um, she'll make mm. you day brighter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I couldn't say anything that, that you haven't. Um, I love RPTS and I would encourage, you know, anybody who's thinking about going to seminary or getting a um, MTS, go, go to RPTS. It, you will be well served there. Yeah. And one thing that, that like part of when, when I had approached David Hansen about a desire for the pastorate, one of kind of one of the things Southside wanted me to do um, was to take a seminary class and just, I always remember just one thing he's, and this wasn't one through RPTS at the time. It was through ITS, Indianapolis Theological Seminary. It mm-hmm. was from a professor from Reformed Theological Seminary in Charlotte, I think, is where this professor was at. But I just remember Hanson telling me that one of the benefits of at RPTS, as opposed to a bigger seminary like uh, Westminster or, R- I'm sorry, RTS or, or one of these 
is is most often at these bigger seminaries you're you're getting nothing but TAs grading yeah. and interacting you don't have interaction with the actual guys that have their PhDs and that are teaching the courses and that's another thing at RPTS like at least on major assignments that aren't like simple you know a uh, uh, multiple choice exam that maybe a TA will grade or something like that. But like, you know, when you're doing essays, when you're doing, you know, exams, things like that, these things are graded by the professors who are teaching the class. So you're getting feedback from these guys. You're getting to interact with them. That's, that's just another thing that I think puts RPTS really in a lot of ways, uh, just on the, on the top of, of where I would recommend guys to go, even if you're not an RP guy. I mean, a lot of yeah. PCA guys in the local area came, and I never heard – everything I heard from them is they loved it too. You yeah. know, it's just a – Well, not even PCA guys, but also Baptists. Like, you know, we are right. – it, it yeah. is the RPCNA's um, seminary, but it's fairly ecumenical, you know, when it, when it comes to broader Reformed theology. Um, yeah, I don't know. As far I, as uh, as far as having a student body, I mean, we right, yeah, they, they teach the RP doctrine unapologetically, right. but yep. and they don't beat guys with it or tell you, you know, you can't come in unless unless thou join uh, right. the RPCNA. You know. Yep, yep, yep. And you know the other seminaries that you mentioned, you know, they're great seminaries. They've got great professors there, um, and I think they're doing a lot of really good work for the kingdom. But one of the challenges of being so big is, like you're saying unintentionally you can be treated kind of as cattle where you kind of push through um, mm -hmm. and not discipled so much. Now, again, I'm speaking with a broad brush. I don't want to at all diminish any right. of the solid seminaries. Um, but yeah, that's what makes RPTS stand out is that you get a lot of personal one-on-one -on -one, uh, attention and teaching, but also discipleship. Like you mentioned, I remember, you know, weeping in the offices of some of the professors. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so very, very thankful for yeah. that. Yeah. So while we were there, you know, we had the great blessing of the candidating process, uh, which it, it was. I mean, it's exhausting, um, but I really am very thankful for my candidating experiences. Um, how how did the Lord bring you to Denver, Colorado? Yeah. So I think I think my candidating experience was in some senses somewhat standard. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm more interested in hearing about yours. <laughs> I don't know what details you're going to reveal about it, but it was a I think more interesting than than something standard, but essentially uh, how the Lord ended up uh, bringing me to Westminster um, right before. Well, essentially, it goes back to our brother uh, in Oklahoma, Stephen Mulder. Mm -hmm. He was um, he was as, as they were trying to get things figured out of where he was going to end up and all of this. He was essentially. I don't remember the name of the position, but he's basically the assistant librarian right. our first year. And so after our first year, he had flown out. I think it was a candidating visit. He had flown out to Westminster, Colorado, and he asked some guys before he headed out, hey, would you like me to drop drop your guys' names uh, to them? And so I remember saying, yeah, sure, at the time. And over that kind of summer uh, between, um, which I guess was our middler and senior year, uh, my wife and I had already decided, hey, we have no clue where we're going to end up. We've never been really essentially west of the Mississippi. And so if if they call and invite us, we're going to go a lot of reasons just to just to go out and see the Rocky <laughs> uh -huh. Mountains. And, uh -huh. uh, you know, we're, we're going to make a family vacation out of this. So a couple months went by and, and didn't hear anything, kind of forgot about it. And then uh, John Duke, um, who has recently transitioned to elder emeritus status here at our congregation, but he he reached out to me. I gave the invite um, to come out and um, 
kind of like an initial soft kind of candidating visit. And so we went out, uh, uh, drove out as a, as a whole family, uh, spent, spent a week in Colorado, um, went to a great wolf lodge out here down in Colorado Springs and then went up, uh, that Lord's day, uh, preached, uh, both services, I got to do kind of an interview after the evening service with the congregation, had meetings with the session deacons, uh, all of that. And uh, the meeting, uh, the, the, uh, or rather the visit, uh, went well on both sides. I think there was some immediate chemistry and interest, and and I was just told that, hey, uh, be expecting some sort of follow-up from us. We'll be reaching out to you. I don't remember how much time went by after that, but they ended up reaching out uh, for a second visit. Um, this first visit was right before senior year started. Essentially, we went out, rolled back in, started started the first week of classes. And then my um, second visit ended up being uh, the weekend of October uh, 31st. So we'll call that Reformation Day, right? That was, that was the Lord's Day um, that I came out for my second visit. Again, uh, the whole gamut, interviews, meetings with the congregation, all of that, meals, uh, preaching, all of that. And again, um, I thought it, I thought it, uh, went well. I, um, I think they thought it went well also. And then candidating kept going. Um, some things caused, uh, time to be extended for a few months. And at that point in time, I was candidating at some other places as well and, uh, had fallen in love with Westminster, uh, fell in love with the congregation, uh, more than anything, uh, just really in a sense had a crush on on these people if you will yes you did uh, you talked about them all the time <laughs> <laughs> and uh i remember yeah you talking about crying in, in a professor's <laughs> office i remember shedding tears in mark sampson's office just like telling him like i you know i don't know i really like these people um and just talking about things and it was emotional for me because mm-hmm. we came back and immediately we're having dr york's um uh, pastoral theology class and so just starting to think about shepherding people you know and just really had a heart for these people uh from the get-go out here um obviously they had under shepherds but without a pastor i just remember staring out at these people just kind of um you know just just seeing them in in need of of a pastor as well and so so just my heart went out from them from the get-go and, and essentially they ended up uh having an election on January 19th and ended up um, being elected uh, and called uh, to be the pastor January 19th and ended up uh, uh, giving a contingent um, acceptance uh, to that contingent on passing my my final exams. So kind of conditionally accepted their conditional call, if you will, uh, passed passed, uh, by the grace of God, passed my exams in the Great Lakes Gulf Presbytery. And then at Synod um, in June, ended up passing uh, the the ordination exams. And so we moved out here shortly after that, got out here, essentially was put on the, the payroll, if you will, uh, July 1 of 2022 and was ordained and installed. I'm going to feel bad. I can't remember the exact date, but it was like August 12th or 13th, somewhere, 11th, 12th, 13th, somewhere Right in there, you made a guest uh, appearance to that. That was that was a nice, unexpected uh, treat. But yeah, that's yeah. I that's appreciate essentially... you coming to my ordination. That was uh, <laughs> super nice of you. <laughs> I mean, different circumstances. <laughs> Completely different. I, I understand. Okay, thank you. I'm just glad that was an admission. <laughs> 
<laughs> so as you continue to grill me, why don't you go ahead and tell us how how the Lord brought you to Marion? Yeah, well, again, our experience was very, very, very different. I don't, I don't know how many churches you candidated at, but uh, it, it always, you know, when we would talk in between classes or whatever, um, Westminster, Colorado, I mean, they were always on your heart. And, well, um, I hope the Lord opens up that door, and, and he did. Um, with with us, we were kind of all over America, <laughs> quite literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was kind of an exhausting time. I feel like I was candidating, you know, flying, um, traveling twice a month, something like that. Um, but it was a it, it was a really wonderful time, even as challenging as it was both physically and emotionally. Because um, like you said, you know, you go to these churches and many of them, most all of them really don't have pastors and you fall in love with the people and you just, well, I don't know what the Lord's going to do, you know. Um, so your heart is just constantly growing for God's people as you're interacting with them more and more. Uh, but we kind of had it narrowed down in the Lord's providence really to three different congregations. Um, and all three of these congregations, I still, you know, it was very, very hard um, to say no to any of them. Because, you know, like we've been saying, you just fall in love with people. And I've actually, I've still got their church directories and I use them as bookmarks in my books. So I'm kind of reminded to, to pray for them. Um, and, I, and I often do pray for many of these people um, by name as I'm reading um, or before I read or after I read. But uh, yeah, so did these candidating trips and kind of had it narrowed down to three. And so over the summer of uh, 2022, last year, um, we had two churches out west invite us to, to come back and meet the family, that kind of thing. So we decided we'd do a little family vacation um, right after graduation. So we drove out west and um, that's a whole nother experience. <laughs> I don't think time permits to go into the, the family dynamics. I mean, the family dynamics, mm. essentially our, our car, as you know, um, our minivan broke down in the Mojave desert. Uh, <laughs> so, and literally in the middle of nowhere when it was 120 degrees, it was awful. We had to buy a new suburban and all that. Um, but on the way back from um, this kind of candidating um, tour, as it were, we got the invite to come and um, candidate here in Marion. And, <sighs> Like, well, we, we've got synod this week, so I'm going to still be in town. So that's fine. We'd, we'd be happy to, but it would have to be, you know, this Lord's Day. So they called me on a Thursday and I was out there, you know, within a few days candidating. Um, really enjoyed it. Really love the people there. And I, I know many of them um, since I kind of grew up in Indiana. Um, then during synod, I was invited to come back and I said, sure, but it's got to be this coming week. So candidated there two weeks in a row. And then in the Lord's Providence, uh, we got the they had a congregational vote and we got the vote um, a couple of weeks later. And as Mary and I were just praying about where the Lord would have us, um, things just seemed to line up with Marion. Um, and it was it was a really joyful time and a heartbreaking time because um, you, you have to say no to people. Um, and. You know, that's something that <laughs> the seminary may talk about, but it really doesn't prepare you for the emotional, you know, mm-hmm. wrench that that is. Um, but that's that's how the Lord brought us here. And we're, we're very, very thankful. Um, we're very, very content, very happy here in Marion. And, you know, I, I, I joke around that, you know, we're we're not known for our uh, vacation destination that type of a place. Um, but there is something really beautiful here. Um, and the Lord's got a lot of work for us to do. And we're really, really excited about it. Amen. Yeah. I think you had the most interesting <laughs> candidating experience of all of us, but yeah, the Lord, the, the Lord was working things out and it is, uh, it's, it's just been fun 
um, reflecting on the Lord's providence and, and the stress of that senior year and how he was moving us all around and how, you know, how he placed us where he wanted us and just how he did. So it was, it's pretty cool to reflect on. Yeah, indeed it is. Well, we can kind of land this plane um, since this is the first pilot episode that is the first <laughs> air. <laughs> uh, this is uh, this has been episode one of the Blue Banter podcast. Again, uh, Joe Smith there in Denver, Colorado, and I'm Aaron Murray in uh, Marion, Indiana. And we're looking forward to being able to release these episodes to you all and hope that it uh, blesses you as much as it blesses us. Uh, whether you eat, drink, or banter, do all to the glory of God. <laughs>